Hey everybody, I'm Chad Eckert and that's Joe Idoni and this is the Preferred Lines podcast where we broadcast each every, each and every Monday evening live on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. We like to get together, chat the betting board, a crack a beer. I'm already cracked. It's Tuesday, by the way, too, buddy, but it was a long weekend. We're, we're all right. <laughs> Good Lord. I was supposed to be doing this yesterday, but, uh, you know, we had the holiday, the Memorial Day, a Memorial Tournament. Um, if you're in the chat, say hello. Uh, Huntman10 is here. I'm pouring my beer out, or I'd show your comment on the screen. I can do those kinds of things. What up, uh, We, you know, we have some shout-outs to give, actually. I'll just, I can do it now. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, shout-outs to our guy. Well, first and foremost, our friend, Chris Jagerbaum Durrell. That guy has a great spreadsheet. It is on the Patreon, and it is cheap. It is not expensive by any means, and uh, it's very helpful. So we love Chris. Chris Thank is you, man. Chris Terrell, Jagerbaum underscore nine. George Z, three putts for par, of course, the man there. Um, I would like to give a shout-out to my dad, Mike. Probably watching on the replay, maybe. Uh, always chatting in there. Mike Eckert. And the normal usuals, Jesse and Stewie and Charlie and Josh and Brian and uh, D Flowers and PJ Tout and the tour junkies and Andy and Coach and Luke and all the names and all the friends, but the friends that we have over at Jock Market, Dave and the other guy, uh, they're the they're friends of ours. And because the app that they have is awesome, Jock Market on your phone, download it from the App Store. It's awesome. Yeah, PL20 is the promo code. PL20 oh, is live, 20. by the way, too. I did oh, confirm. <laughs> so 20 bucks in your first deposit. Have you Good. not deposited yet? They are legal now in 35 different states. It is – so interestingly, Rick made it public. Um, I do the show on Wednesday nights with Rick. So he made public basically where you can download all of the data from every PJ market they've been in. Cool. I went through the different dollar ranges real quickly, Chad. Um, pretty okay. much every single one of them is plus money uh, in terms of if had you bet every single player within that dollar range, you are up, which is insane to think about that there's really no real losing range at all. Um, so it is, I would say, without a doubt, you're getting the most bang for your buck in terms of potential return uh, mm -hmm. in that app. So we love those guys over there. Proud to support them. PL20, 20 bucks free, first deposit. Mm -hmm. Our buddies at Jack Market. Also, can I give a while we're giving shout outs? Um, quick shout out to my guy Nelson Adcock. So he is mm -hmm. cut, cut Sweats on Twitter. He has released a new website and he is giving people 50% off their first month trial. So awesome app that he built. We've all been following it for a while. So uh, if you want to learn more about that, just hit me up. But great dude, supported DFS Open. We played golf with him, really good player actually as well. So um, happy to support everything that he does as well. Yeah, when he's not breaking his hand, one wheeling down some mountain. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. One yeah, don't do that. Uh, but yeah, jack market's the best. Uh, you can choose your level of risk, or you can go and play in the NBA too. There's different things for the NBA. They have kind of like per game. You got early slates, late slates, stuff like that. I noticed. I just golf. But anyway, you can do basketball on that app uh let's get going let's try to get these things going quicker uh in 2021 summer we're going right back uh to the betting board and you know this is the memorial uh 
It is a big tournament. It is a big field. There's a little bit of a lull. Next week is a random event, the new event on tour. It's in South Carolina, something like that. But then it's the U.S. Open. So we're excited. We're going to get uh, we're gonna get into it right away. Crack the Let's beer. Let's do it. Now, uh, we're getting some shit online that we only drink Coors Light, which is partially true. But I got a serious, uh, surly, furious IPA here. I'm going to get a little tipsy. We'll crack the beers. Talk Me and Huntman went with the Konas tonight. Golden Ale. Um, yeah, I don't drink Coors Light. Come on, boys. <laughs> IPA season usually, or, or a good, good golden ale. So, um, yeah, Kona tonight went with um, Vibin's Funky Buddha Brewery down here cool. in Florida. That was the beer of choice yesterday, Vibin. Uh, good like time. Danny good Burger. Time. Let's get into it, buddy. Straight, straight Vibin, Daniel Burger. <laughs> yeah. You know, Let's get to the betting here. board. Shut up, everybody. Just let God get to the top of the betting board. Let me hear your opinions. At the tippity tip top is the defending champion, John Rom. We were on him last year, or at least I was. I was on the 18 to 1 John Rom ticket that cashed, but I will not be having an 11 and a half to 1. Are you going to go with the defending champion, John Rom? Tour picks, Joe, I don't no. even, Or should we just go watch your video on Twitter, on your tour picks Twitter you page? Where you have another guy at the top of the board. You have Justin Thomas. Yeah. Funny enough, he actually wasn't at the top of the board this morning. I know this is DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, I was looking mm. at a different book. He was like sixth on the odds board. So yeah. uh, 16 to 1. I think you said you got an 18, which I'm a little Correct. bit jealous of. But mm. look, I wanted to do a little bit of... I. I, I I, sometimes I feel like I overanalyze things to a degree. And one of the first guests that we had on Mike Miller was just like, it's about who wins. It's not about strokes gained approach. It's not about all this other stuff. It's about win rates uh, and win probabilities. So mm -hmm. he wins as much as anybody, except for maybe you can make the argument, Dustin Johnson, but he's won 12 of his last 96 events. He's basically winning one in every eight times that he tees it up. It's unbelievable. Hasn't done so since the players back in March. So at that rate, he's probably pretty much due right now. And he's coming back to a place where I think he feels maybe a little added motivation that he should have won last year, mm -hmm. right? By, by almost every stretch of the imagination, when he makes that putt, the the 45 footer sweeping he wins that tournament almost every time uh, i've seen a lot of people make the argument that had fans been there that thing was over right that place <laughs> would have gone bananas uh but it's jt right great approach player number two player in the world uh winning at a 13 percent clip so i am definitely going to push the majority of my chips on justin thomas this week at the memorial now, you mentioned Mike Miller and what he does. He kind of just looks at the winners. He looks at the recent form. You do kind of want to look at recent form. You do kind of want to look at historically good player, course history, stuff like that overall. That all factors into it. We know, though, Joe, that they put those numbers out to try to get the public to bet. They're not there to pick the golfers that are going to win. I mean, they don't want to. I mean, they're not going to be stupid with their odds, but at the same time, they're just trying to entice someone to bet. and Or they know someone wants to bet on someone, a name. So then the books make it a different number. Well, this is obvious stuff. But Mike Miller wants you to know and wants you to remember that. And you need to remember when a guy like Justin Thomas, who has just as good of a chance as anybody else, slips down the board a little bit, has that perception of from the public, which 
we know the public is bad at predicting athlete performance. Maybe you go towards a name like JT or even Rory or, you, you know, the names that are at the 20. Let's go back to this betting board. Let's look at the other names because there's other names to consider that have kind of fallen because this is a juicy field. We have a weird name after John Rahm in between Justin Thomas uh, right there. Victor Hovland is at 15 to 1. Now, Rory here at 16 and a half to 1. You got Colin Morikawa, <clears throat> who was the guy that upset Justin Thomas. I believe it was the work day for that one. Now, Xander, 16 and a half with Spieth right there. And then Cantlay, Bryson. So is this the case of a week where the book isn't sure? And so they just kind of throw names out because I've seen different names at different books. And if you have the option to shop around, I mean, don't you just go where the book allows you to go kind of thing? Look, yes. I think to some degree, what you're going to want to do is, is you, we try right to think and, and the way to think about it is to bet the number, not the player. But ultimately, you have to believe in that player's ability to win at a given number. Um, I've seen this thing totally shuffled around. I would agree. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you like the, if you like the guy, you only have one book. I would say you should bet him. Um, look, Thomas, like I said, is winning one out of every eight tournaments, and he's 16 to one. So he's basically double what his current win rate is, which I love. He's the top ranked player in the field this week. You know, Hovland, I'm, I get it, right? He's great. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't won at a rate that he probably would deem acceptable at this point. Rory was in a big lapse. I think Bryson is putting is all over the place. Xander seems to be kind of at a at a at a tipping point here where if he doesn't win soon, we're going to start seeing 25 and 30 to ones. I believe it's just been that long, but he's so Mm -hmm. consistent in such a a, a lock. It feels like for a top 10, he's always going to be priced around that range. And like there, even seeing speeds at those long odds with how good he played last week. I think that had you flip those rounds around, right. And he had his Sunday day on Thursday and then played back to back to back. Great rounds. Mm-hmm. He'd be at the top of the board this week. So, oh, sure. Um, yeah, a lot of names, a lot of things to consider there for myself. Uh, when I looked at the numbers, when I looked at kind of what I've, I'm trying to isolate this week was an easy decision for me to go Justin Thomas at the top. And, and I feel pretty good about his chances this week. Okay. Let's talk about Muirfield Village. The golf course that they're playing at this week is ch- it's changed. We recall when they played the last group at Memorial last year, they were just, they're already like, got bulldozers out immediately as they ended, put it out. Goodbye green. And they ripped it all up. Now that will make a difference. And I'm not a professional golfer and I don't play brand new courses very often, but I know from experience watching golf that if it's a new green, it is typically harder and therefore they can't land the ball as easily. Some of these holes have been adjusted and changed and there's been, differences does now that favor a guy like Hovland who's not used to it or a guy like you know maybe even Morikawa where yeah he saw for the these guys that have saw it for the first time didn't really bother him saw it again see a new thing all the time on tour should we go towards the new guys or are we going to really lean the veterans because isn't this a veteran favorite course it is a veteran favorite course um yes that I would agree with I think that Um, There are going to be some nuances in terms of the new design that people aren't used to. That said, I don't think it's a huge deal. Like I listened to Xander's presser earlier today and he was like, 
I really don't have anything ingrained over the last four or five years that I've been here that I'm going to pull from my memory mm-hmm. bank um, when I'm over a putt to say, hey, you know, last year when I and, – and I feel like that that's hard, right? That's got to be difficult. I mean, I play the same course every week, and I don't remember how any of the yeah. putts break. So I feel like that's difficult. Even if you're there for 10 years, you're still going to you're still going to look at your book. You're still going to look at what you saw in the practice rounds and you're going to draw on that recent memory, not a putt that you had eight years ago. Right. Uh, But at the same token, I do think that um, they added a little bit of length. I think that they you know, I think it was like 16 and 17 last year, which just got kind of out of control and a bit unfair to a degree and got some, you know, negative pub from the player. So I think Jack wanted to kind of reduce some of those slopes on the green. You're right. Mm. Uh, typically it's going to play very firm, but given how firm it played last year, I think that they're going to soften it up as much as they possibly can because mm. the whole reason for the redo, I think was because it got too firm and out of hand. So uh, I think okay. they're really going to sort of rein it in. That said, always a difficult course. I wouldn't expect anything different this year. Right. I mean, these guys will play it for a couple of days in the practice rounds, get the feel of where they need to land the ball and maybe how hard it is in reality. And then by Saturday, Sunday, if they're really in contention, they're figuring this shit out on the fly. They're professional golfers. Let's go back to the board. This is fun board, Joe, because there's some names that we like to bet coming up, but there's some funky names here. Uh, <laughs> Tony Finau is 22 to one. You got Louis Oosthuizen, he's also here at 22. Hideki, the Masters guy, 26. Corey Connors and Fitzpatrick. I mean, you're going into the 30s with, a, you know, Corey Connors at 26 and a half, 30 for Fitzpatrick. And then if you even go further, you got Neiman there and uh, Scheffler, too, at 35. But there's a name that at 35 to 1 that I didn't add it up and do the math. But my feeling is, is that. Patrick Reed at 35 to one has more wins combined than all of these other names, dude. So what is going on where we've got Patrick Reed on a course where you need to have great around the green skill. That's what I'm told. He's 35 to one sandwiched between these names that never win. Yeah. You make a Makes great no point. Sense. You make a very compelling point. He's the second guy on my card this week thus far. Oh, cool. Uh, 35 <laughs> to one on Reed. Look, unfazed. I'm unfazed by the miscut. Not worried Same. in the slightest. I bet him off a miscut at the Farmers. Oh, right. He won. Um, the more, not only did you mention like the around the green thing that I think Justin Ray tweeted about, which is mm, a great plus for Patrick Reed. He's got a lot of other pluses working for him. Big mm-hmm. time splits in terms of bent grass putting. We know how good mm-hmm. of a putter he is. That's a big time advantage for him. And the more difficult the task at hand the better suited he is in terms of strokes gained against the field. So uh, difficult golf course, the average gaining a stroke on every player in the field, normalize that a little bit, level it out. And it's like a half stroke. So he's almost twice as good and valuable. The more difficult a course is, this is a place we've seen uh, play that way. A number of times, a lot of comparisons, you know, I've seen from our guys to, to some of the green surfaces at Augusta and how Jack kind of wanted to, to convey that a little bit, our guy PGA Tout and Andy were talking about it. So um, props to them. Look, Pat Reed, 35 to 1. You're right. He wins. Uh, I trust him to close. I trust him to win big events. Easy bet for me. And I've been on him the yeah. last two weeks. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump ship now at a 35 on him uh, at a course that I feel like sets up really well for him. The best thing you can do as a golf betting person is to have amnesia. 
not total amnesia, but like slight amnesia where you do see Patrick Reed make a bogey on the 18th hole and it does anger you and it does fuck your drafting lineup and whatever else, but you need to have amnesia and you need to think about perspective and you know, no, Patrick Reed, he's pissed more than you're pissed. So guess what he's doing all weekend? He's grinding. He's figuring shit out. He's working. Maybe he's getting to Muirfield early. He's figured out the hot rock hard greens. He's loving it. He's having confidence that we're going at 35 to one with Patrick Reed. That my friends may in fact be the house bet this week. You'll have to stay tuned and follow me at down a real cheat. And I do a house bet. It's not a real mortgage payment. It is for fun. <laughs> it is Wednesdays at noon and it could happen. Stewie just, Stay tuned for that. Let's keep going, though. I mean, the names in this uh, betting board are fun to say and to look at. Uh, Keegan mm-hmm. and Horschel are there in the mid-40s. So, um, you know, they've been playing good golf. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Do they win at a clip that's worth 45-1 to 1 in this field? I don't know. I didn't do it. But do you then do Sam Burns, who won, was second, and then withdrew? And now he's here. I don't know. Or would you rather go at 50 to one Charlie Hoffman, who has the strong iron play? So I took two guys in this range, both at 55 to one. The first mm-hmm. was a pretty good number that I got on Joaquin Neiman. Um, we on know about Neiman the- for 50? Yeah, Neiman for 55. Wow, that's 35. Um, I feel a little bit of fear and hesitancy in terms of a potential burnout spot for him in that. Since his sixth place debut here, it hasn't been great. It's also the fifth consecutive tournament that he's played. Um, and he's, you know, he's not missing cuts. We know that. So he's playing a lot of golf. Then I thought about, you know, when you're playing so well like he is, I think you may practice less mm. and like grind yeah. at the range less, mm. if that makes any sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. So he doesn't feel the need that he's got to work something out in his swing on a Monday and Tuesday. He's just kind of going out there and playing golf and finishing well. Uh, Another big plus on the bent grass greens, approach play is phenomenal, right? 15 of the last 16 events he's played, he's gained strokes on approach. That's what I feel like is the number one correlated stat to success here, um, which leads me to my next pick, Charlie Hoffman. Okay, before you get off Neiman, though, and go to Hoffman, because we love Hoffman. He's hot as hell. Uh, My problem with Neiman sometimes is I feel like he's got that teenage mentality where he kind of just coasts through three or four holes. And then all of a sudden, he'll have like four pars and a bogey. And then, you know, he didn't make any progress. And all of a sudden, you know, then he presses it. And then he gets out of it. He gets mad. He, He still needs to learn the grind of the, you know, paying attention to every shot because I feel like sometimes he just gets that autopilot because he's 22 or whatever. (laughs) So that's kind of, sometimes I see that him with, you know, more than I see, you know, if it was Spieth, for example, because Spieth doesn't take a shot off, you know? Right. I guess what I would say in terms of, I see your point, um, sort of the youthfulness and and the way that he kind of approaches the game, maybe a little bit of a detriment to him in some aspects in terms of taking every shot uh, you know, taking a shot off here and there, which could ultimately be the difference. What I'd say is we've seen guys who have been trending really have a breakthrough um, arrived win here at Memorial. We've seen Hideki do it. We saw Bryson do it. Um, I'm losing mm-hmm. track of some other guys, but we've seen a ton of guys just do it here. Patrick Cantlay had his big mm-hmm. win here. So 
I feel like he's on that trajectory, right? It feels like he's ready to take the next step. And in order to become a national name or face, mm. um, this is a spot that you need to come and win. And I think that he can get it done. Um, you okay, know, so Charlie, what about Hoffman? Yeah. with Dude, it's it's approach play. It's un-freaking believable. How is he um, so good? The last, Not only the last three rounds, like his irons are off the charts right now altogether. I did a, a – our friends at Fantasy National – over there, Moose has a tool where you can do what's called a rolling report, uh, mm-hmm. which basically you will isolate a stat and it will show you trends, right? Are they trending up? Are they trending down? How have they done their last four rounds? So these are Charlie Hoffman's. And I actually wrote these down because this is how insane this is. Uh, rolling report on Charlie Hoffman's approach play. His last four events or his last four rounds, excuse me, which would essentially just be last tournament, fourth in approach. If you go last eight rounds, he's first. If you go hmm. last 12 rounds, he's first. If you go last 24 rounds, he's second. If you go last 50 rounds played, he's third. If you go last 100, he's sixth. So not it's not even like a, an upward trend. He's just been a stud basically for his last 100 rounds with the approach play. Didn't get the invite here last year, I don't believe. So it's been a couple oh. years since he played it. However, he did play in the workday version last year okay. where he finished seventh. So while he, it's been a couple of years since he played in the actual Memorial, he did play in the work day. Um, yeah. Unbelievable. Let me just right? uh, take you behind the curtain. Now Moose won't care yeah. if I show you this real quick. Cause you want to sign up for this website. If you haven't signed up for it, what are you thinking about? Go do that. There's promo codes out there slash Mayo or whatever. Dude, look at this. His approach play, you can see, like you were saying, kind of the rolling stats. They have this average here, last five, last 10, last 20, I mean, like 2.8, 4.5. I mean, he's just sniping it with the irons. And if you want to even look just at a quick snapshot of his strokes gained stats, this is where we go. We look at fantasynational.com. We get a subscription to this website, and then we're given these stats. And these are taken from the PGA Tour. They're real stats. Just conveniently put together here with green and pink and all that stuff. And there's not a lot of pink. There is though, Joe, a tiny bit of pink in that around the green that we want this week. Are we nervous about that? Well, I look, I've kind of found, and this is weird, but I talked to Rick about this one time that around the green and approach play, Mm -hmm. there's some sort of, and I don't know how everything is calculated, you know, but there's some sort of, correlation there where guys who are really good at approach their mm. numbers don't show oh, up really good on around the green sure. game and i don't necessarily okay. know why it is i have some theories but i don't know for sure <laughs> and vice versa guys who will show up really good around the green are not great iron players like Makes for sense. instance like if you look at around the green usually you will get like wyndham clark in the top like five you'll get ricky up there that's because their irons hmm. have sucked Right, hmm. both of them have, so really have to do that. Yeah, so it's like almost like yeah. if your irons are a little bit off, maybe you're leaving yourself in like good spots to get up and down from. Which uh, when you go down in one, brings another up. I don't know exactly, mm, but mm-hmm. I have some theories on it. Okay. That said, um, yeah, if you you're not going to need your around the green game if you're hitting every green and gaining seven hmm. point whatever on approach, like he has his last three. Hoffman fifty five to one, Neiman fifty five to one. Those are my two mid range pulls so far. Cool. All right. Now, let's go back to the betting board. Let's take a look at the names that you were saying. These names that are above 55 to 1, they are breakthrough potential spots here. Now, it could look like maybe 
God, I'm not going to go past Ricky Fowler, even though it's not a breakthrough, but it could be kind of a breakthrough for Ricky Fowler to win here. Do you have any faith in Ricky Fowler winning? He's already back down to 60 to one. We've seen this. It's been a yo-yo up and down. I don't think he's ready to win yet. Um, okay. I want to see him trending. That said, good spot for him. Um, played great. Well, it would be PGA. great for the tour, you know. Yeah, but good story. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. What are his? If he wasn't Ricky Fowler and his name was uh, Dicky Howler, he'd be a hundred to one. If you just looked, not at his even. Stats. Yeah, for sure. They'd so, be like, "Wow, look at this. He'd be Sam Ryder, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, not Sorry. at all, Ricky. Not just yet. That that is a a astonishingly large number on Sung J M that I would a hundred percent take at seventy to one. My baby boy. God, yeah, I love him so much. I don't have it, but if you've got DraftKings Sportsbook, that's going to be tough to. Pass. Well, I found a seventy somewhere else. Actually, okay. I don't have access to DraftKings Sportsbook, but of course, you got to take a little flyer on the Sung J M guy. Uh, we know it's summer of Sung J. It hasn't started yet. Potentially, it's now June though, so maybe summer of Sung J is just about to start. This is where it gets interesting, Joe. And I wanted to get your opinion when I was writing this stuff down. There's some veterans at this level. We got Woodland at sixty, but the names are Jason Day and Adam. Scott, they're at 75 to one. It hey, it's tempting to say these are good bets. I think they're possibly good bets, Joe. Am I an idiot for thinking that? Because doesn't Scott enjoy it here? And isn't Jason Day from Ohio? Yeah, both of them, I think, really enjoy it here and have a great track record here and should set up nicely if they weren't just in um shitty form. Hideous. But I think that's <laughs> built in that's built into the price, right? Uh, it would, be, it would be 30s for sure. Maybe 30, 40 to one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that if you are into them, yeah, take a shot. Let me ask I'm not you, betting Joe, either one of them. Do now, would you be surprised if Adam Scott or Jason Day won this tournament? Yes, yes, you I would. would. I would more surprised than Phil winning the PGA. No, no, yeah, but I, it, it wouldn't even be that surprising. So, for sure, it could happen. It could happen. Anything could happen, right? <laughs> it's anything could happen. We know that, but um, I would be. I like the chances of someone like Neiman or Hoffman. The way that they're playing so much better than I like either of these two guys. Um, and you're just kind of betting on past pedigree versus current um, how they're playing right now. Now top 10 i i wouldn't be surprised because i i totally would be surprised if they won i would pick one like who would you pick if you had to pick one adam scott okay why i feel like he's the one that will show up to this type of an event of an event ready to play and almost prepare for the memorial like it's the u.s open in two weeks so he's doing this as a dress rehearsal these dudes do this you think i haven't seen adam scott in months i don't trust his putter but we don't know anything about these people. We don't know where they've been, how they've been practicing, how they've been playing. That's part of the mystery of golf. Not only could we know things about someone and then have like Phil and be surprised as hell or know nothing about somebody and have someone show up and be surprised as hell. So again, this is golf people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd take Scott too for the record yeah. if I had to pick one. Because yeah, now, Jason Day with the Ohio narrative thing that we've tried to make happen for years now here. I don't know if I think it's fourth last year, though. Okay, okay. In not great form. I, I could be wrong about that, but I think he finished that, like top five last year. 
Perfect. So that's an example of like, let's do this on DraftKings or buy these names on, you know, jock market if you can get a good deal on them. But yeah, we don't have any expectations. There's no, there's no high, high hopes for these names. Uh, well, uh, can we find some names that have high hopes? What about 85 to 1 Stu Sink? Um, isn't he better than we think? I like your style. Come uh, on. He's the bomber. Now, uh, was it who? I don't remember. I think the tour junkies interviewed caddies or someone told them that it's like changed a little bit. And so it's less of a bomber focused or, you you know, used to be able to ha- you have to be a bomber. Now it's more ball striking focused. That is so, what I kind of. But so then Jack maybe that kind of, of I don't remember what they were. And I should probably look it up before I even mention it and, and put myself in a hole here, but I'll do it because it's what we do. He made comments last year that I think were not anti Bryson, but anti this movement right okay. at this tournament and at the Honda, which is another big okay. one that he sponsors where um, he didn't like hmm. this idea of essentially just cutting corners on all golf courses and not playing them the way that they were intended to be played by the architect. He is the architect. So I think that that's part of the reason that motivated him to make a lot of these changes was seeing, um, you know, I think it was, I'm getting my holes mixed up, but I think it may have been like number nine where Bryson was like all the way down the hill where you can catch some of those and hit like 400 yard drives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he loved that. So I think I felt like he took some satisfaction in seeing Bryson struggle last year. Oh, yeah. and just knowing that, look, when he turned himself into a total bomber, he was terrible when he was an iron player and he was all about his approach game. He won. So I think that that may have been some motivation for Jack here to kind of take away some of the just bomb and gouge advantage and, and make it more of a second shot golf course, I think was the intention here. So then Stuart Sink's out this week? No, that, that really had nothing to do with Stuart Sink. That was just a, a general point, but, but he's, I'm not betting him. You know, yeah, he's relying more on his driver than anything lately. I don't know anything about it. Now, our guy, Eric Patterson, EPAC Golf on Twitter, he's mentioned that um, the Amex has a potential correlated course event that correlates to here. Siwoo, he won the Amex series 85 to 1. Any interest in Siwoo? No, okay. no, not for me this week. He's Siwoo's kind of what's his course history like? Siwoo's got his spots. Let me see it here. I will pull it up right now. So, 18th last year, 41st, 29th, withdraw. Are you looking at Chris Durrell's Jagerbaum's no. sheet? Because that's on there. Yeah, Very it's on there. But the withdraw, that's funny because didn't he withdraw of last he week? Yeah, he <laughs> withdraws all the time. He's not playing well. He's just out. Siwoo out. Yeah, we, we go home. <laughs> yeah, Siwoo go home. Uh, yeah, the strokes gain numbers aren't great. I'm just not going to take Siwoo. I did take two guys in the bomb range, 100 to one plus, but uh, just kind of put lower end bets on those. I'm looking to add one. Tringali? Nope, not Tringali. Take a guess who. Well, let's see. Who does Joe like to bet on these days? I know you like Cameron Davis. Where's his number? It's not 175 to one. Uh, because. He was third at the Amex, Cameron Davis. I don't know. Who would you bet here? Did you bet? Okay, so hold on a second. Let me see. All right. 
So I got you're, a good. You're hard to pin down. You don't really have a brand, Joe. Other than so I got 110 to one on a guy that's not really part of my brand, but it's Russell Henley. So wow, I like to one Henley. Henley? Damn, I dude, love he's Henley 70. on some Nicholas courses. I'm a sucker for that narrative, big time. Okay. Um, I, I then I saw Ben Coley's article, which was our. Did he talk him up? Maybe our first ever guest on Preferred Lines was Coley. He was. Yeah. Yeah, he was our debut. Yeah. Our debut time guest mr ben cooley he writes a great mm-hmm. piece he talked up russell henley he made a point in that um eight top tens in the last year for henley which is pretty solid in five of those top tens have been on nicholas design courses seventh Whoa. at the workday last year he okay. has fallen victim in a couple of consecutive events to a horse shit opening round so oh. at the pga championship i think cooley said he was like 137 after day one clawed himself inside the cut line on the second day, played hmm. all right on the weekend. Same thing last week, started off like 122, clawed his way back inside the cut line. The approach play is what really tipped me off to them. 71 there, there's 100 pluses out there. Um, and the other one is Taylor Gooch. Well, to Tour one. Junkies was on Henley, I remember hearing that. They but are, you like okay. the, Gu- the Gucci gang? Yeah, Taylor Gucci, Gucci but gang. But they'll never show them on TV. 150 to one, big number, uh, 4.6 on approach last week. Um, I think that he's just better than those guys around him and he's playing better. I'm willing to overlook course history when you're playing. All right, so this is a point here. Wasn't he like, I can overlook course history when you're playing the best golf that you've ever played. So he is playing his career in his career best form right now. So in situations like this and there isn't a whole lot of guys who are playing the best they've ever played in their career you can overlook course history a little bit more because he wasn't playing very well going into those last events and this is the type of course where if you weren't playing well heading into it it's going to eat you up um when you're got you when you're in full control of your game and playing the best you've ever played it's a place you want to go to uh 150 to 1 on gooch i feel like it's a big number good spot for a top 20 bet on him Look at this on Fantasy National from last year. Okay, again, if you have FantasyNational.com, access to this website, you can go and you can do this research. You can look back. This man at the workday was awesome. Mm-hmm. Was gaining on T to green. Was gaining on approach. Then the next week, he lost it. Yeah, I know. That's what crazy. Plus seven and minus five, right? Oh, he's so pissed. I bet he's pissed. I bet he comes out for it playing better. Right. This like is Taylor it. Gooch. It was, I mean, my God, he's pretty good. Got a lot of green going on. Yeah, Gucci gang. We do like Taylor Gooch. Who else do we like? Um, where is my names? I have a few more names. I have, uh, well, Tringali at 85 to 1. I was going to ask you about Wallace, Matt Wallace. Can we? he do well here? Because this is supposed to be now, but maybe it favors Euros if it's hard and firm and fast and all that things. It's that Wallace. Uh, T4 as a debut in his mm-hmm. debut here last year. So great performance, great form. There's good cause to to bet Wallace. So I now, just apparently he's maybe not played his irons as well lately. So okay. maybe he his candle burnt out. We try to say sometimes. Well, I think um, Kiowa can, if you're just looking at stats from Kiowa a couple weeks ago, I think that can do that to a lot of oh, people sure. and, and really distorted a lot of higher plays. That place was so hard. And you could be playing really well and just lose it all on one hole. But um, yeah, I can see Wallace. I just went elsewhere, but yeah. 
90, 100 no, Kazire. Like people have been talking about Pat and Kazire playing better golf lately. Not here for me. Okay. Wise? Aaron Wise? No. No? Okay. You, you know, sometimes bombs it out there. Oh, God. Who did I like? I liked Wyndham Clark. Where is he? He's uh, 225 to one. And then Dylan Fertelli, too. These guys have been known to have a couple good rounds in a row in their lives. I feel like this event is going to come in the 20 to 30 range. Totally. Yeah. What are we doing here? (laughs) You should just talk about the top of the range. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to try to add, I'm going to add one more somewhere in between like Cantlay, Shawflay and Finau range. I don't know who, but those are the guys I'm going to continue to kind of take in as much information as I can and, and pull the trigger on one of those guys. If you have a suggestion for me, drop it in the chat because I don't know who else to take. Okay. We got a couple chat questions. First one's from Huntman. It says, Victor's got to be due for a win at a big tournament, right? And it, like you were mentioning with Neiman, maybe it could be Hovland who comes out and wins the Memorial big tournament. Yeah. It's tough though, because it, it wouldn't really, feel the same as Neiman to me. Like they got second on the odds board this week. So like had he win, yes, it's it's monumental in terms of a career benchmark victory. But in terms of sort of a breakthrough, I want to see like a guy in like at least 50 to one, like right that we've seen coming, that we've seen the form there and they just aren't priced the way that they should be because they haven't won a big event yet. So that's why I think that Neiman at 55 makes so much more sense. Um, <clears throat> Joe, you're a DraftKings player. We play DraftKings. I do a fantasy golf pod podcast about DraftKings. Do you have any interest in eating the Kyle Stanley chalk this week, or would you bet Kyle Stanley? No. No, no. way. All right. You don't even care if he's chalk, but if you like them at 61. So here's my thing with chalk. I do care if they're like shitty and chalk. <laughs> <laughs> you mean <laughs> like not, if Justin Thomas, like Kyle Stanley. If JT's 35% this week, yeah, uh, don't I don't care. care. I'm still gonna take it. But if Kyle Stanley is like 15, I'll go elsewhere happily. Yeah, you'll you'll play the odds on that one. <laughs> That's typically a good idea. Uh, oh, oh man, one more question from him. Um, who would you guys pick this week if odds weren't in consideration? Which is a great question because sometimes I just pick names because of their number, like Patrick Reed at 35, and you look at the names, you're like, oh, thank you. And then same with JT kind of thing. To just is this kind of like a one and done question a little bit more or less? It's t- like I may if odds weren't part of it, it'd be hard for me to kind of ignore Rom just because of how like good he plays on hard courses and obviously winning here last year. But I still think I would, I'm going to say Justin Thomas. Like, yeah. I, like I might actually still, That's yeah. my guy. What about you? No, I agree. I mean, part of it is you do kind of know at the top of the board, they're all about as good. And so the 18, 16, it doesn't, it doesn't actually really move me in one way or the other. Like I'll just be happy that I got an 18 versus a 14. Or if I think the 14 is going to win, I don't think the 18 is going to win. I just ignore the whole thing altogether up top. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Now, because of the odds involved and because of the money you could make off of a name in the mid-30s that wins a lot, that's why you like 
Mm-hmm. A B P R. Always bet Patrick Reed. All right, everybody. Thank you for watching. Um, oh, Joe, we do do futures. You and I, we are a futures betting yeah. promoter podcast. Do you have any futures yet on the U.S. Open? Yes, I do. What do you have? So I have – I may have to pull this up. But because, I think Joe, I have. now typically you and I, we bet a ton of shit over the winter on the Masters because we're excited for April. We're in our houses. It's cold. We can't play golf. Well, I live in Minnesota, and it's cold. I don't know about you. In Florida, jackass. But anyway – we like to just go all in on the Masters, and we typically have like hundreds of dollars ahead of the Masters. And then, like as this is like the U.S. Open mid June, I've only I only have a couple things in. I know, me too. So one of the things is like weird, Chad, because it's like this season. I think that it's been like this running long super season has kind of thrown yeah. a wrinkle in my futures. Cause it didn't feel like we had a definitive like super bowl and then off season and then Rigo where I can kind of right. assess it all over the winter totally. Two, um, everything's so close together, which is throwing it all off. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if anyone in the chat has any knowledge of this, but I wonder if this is going to be a permanent mainstay on the tour where basically from April to July, is 30 days in the next majors going like one month, a major every month, or is this the product of super season times Ryder cup year times Olympic year? Is that why everything is so close together or I don't know, but that's why you think you'd think ideally they'd like at least six weeks between the majors, right? Yeah. Can we spread spread it out like that? All right, so my future bets, I have at the U.S. Open, Hmm. Gary Woodland. Okay. What did you get that? um, Did I bet a long time ago? Let me just – I just want to confirm the number here, but I believe it's 125 to 1. Okay. Yes, 125 to 1, Gary Woodland, that I placed uh, January 19th. So I like the fact that he was going, you know – U.S. Open aspect in California. He obviously won the U.S. Open at Pebble, uh, was just kind of banking on his upside as a player. And like January, if you remember, felt like kind of like a low point for Woodland. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything seemed yeah, to be Yeah, we thought off. he was hurt. He was like skinny. And I was just kind of thinking that might be a good buy low spot should he find some form. And you know what? He has found some form. So he, he has kind of turned it around. There you go. That's uh, why you do The other one I have was actually courtesy of uh, uh, PGA Tao John, who was in the chat. I don't know if he's really even in the field, but I have Keegan at 250 to one. Wow. So I don't know. It was like a situation where he needed to pile up some good wins to actually get in the field. I'm not sure that he did that. He had the second with Burns, but I don't know if that was enough. Um, Mm. But that just felt like a huge number. Should he get in the field? I put like 10 bucks on it. 250 to one. Why not? And yeah. then I have Phil. I actually took Phil. I set you last week back in December when we were talking to win the British <laughs> Open, to win the Open Championship. That's funny. Idiot. Uh, instead of the PGA. Because who, who would have thought, right? He's number 72 now, needs to get to 60. Okay, so we need a monster week here uh, at a Keegan. We need like a top mm. five, and we're in. Oh my God, I just realized what? Oh, I just looked at the Open bets. <laughs> At the U.S. Open, 
Oh god, I have four bet. open bets. Okay, I got a Xander bet at 16 to 1. I did this in December, like an idiot. Apparently. But okay. I, That's probably know, I thought Xander might win coming out the gate. You're not gonna get a lot of line value there. It's probably gonna be like 18. It's gonna be worse than that, yeah, for sure. But he was gonna play at Tory Pines and blah blah blah. blah. So I went and <laughs> yeah. got Oh, guess what also I have? I have a $5 bet on a Ricky Fowler. <laughs> oh, no. What'd you get that? Like 80 this? to 1? Oh, I made this December 15th. This is 50 to 1. I thought that was a good idea. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my God. It's terrible. Oh, I have a Matt Wolf 50 to 1. Is he oh, even alive? This is just a bloodbath. <laughs> that was a bad idea. Oh, I have a Cameron Champ 100 to 1 for three bucks. Okay, those are four bad bets. I can burn those in half. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> Not as fun uh, as uh, – yeah, but whatever. That's why you sometimes swing and you miss on future betting in December 15th when you're cold and it's mid, you know, winter break, whatever. Uh, this is a fun segment. Yes, thanks, Mike Eckert, Dad. Appreciate you being here. anyway you guys are awesome like and subscribe rate and review you can go to jock market and you can download that and that promo code pl20 if you first depositing will get you 20 bucks back and then you can use that money you can watch joe and rick talk on wednesday evenings that's tomorrow at about this time Mm -hmm. a little bit before this time um and as the ipo closes they discuss the names and how things are going and it's kind of fun to just make sure you're aware of the pulse of the jock market uh for pga every week and if you need to know who's owned for DraftKings, the ownership projection show i do is each wednesday morning on the fantasy golf pod youtube page uh that's about all we got right that's all man i will uh anyone who stops by for the jock market show i will see you guys tomorrow if you don't, appreciate you stopping by tonight. Cheers. Best of luck yeah, at the memorial. Retweet, yeah. tweet, like, and subscribe. Bye-bye. Thank you for being here. Thanks, see you, Stewie. Stewie. Charlie, Mike, see you guys. Peace.